Welcome to the Wayward Woman podcast, where each week we meet to discuss the tough topics surrounding domestic violence and domestic abuse. We want to provide education as well as our own stories of survival, guests coming on with their stories of survival, and how we are now thriving and healing together. We are so excited to give you hope that you can know you too can survive, you can thrive, you are not crazy, and you are not alone. Hey everyone, it's Laura and Michelle. With the hello, hello. Hello. So happy to be back. Yeah, we took a little a little a couple weeks off for the summer and we're we're kind of back at it and I think uh, I just decided right now that I think we should make this our season 2 because we took a little hiatus and so we have like 17 episodes in season one. So I think this should be season two. Yeah. Well, and, and Laura just uh, moved to a completely different new state. <laughs> I did. I moved like across the country, basically. Crazy cool. Yeah. And living in a place where they play with fire in the park. <laughs> you can pick, you can pick berries. If you are into hallucinogens, you can pick mushrooms mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> they're jumping off the pier into the ocean. I'm like, all right, yeah. Logan. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I so I'm really excited to be meeting people. But I guess that kind of leads us to what we were kind of chat about today. Oh yeah, we're going off on a totally different. <laughs> but yes, I'm so happy for you, and um, I do love where I live. I didn't mean to say shit. Um, I I want to be a snowbird. Anyways, here I go. So hi everyone. I'm so happy to be here with you today. As Laura and I were talking, we decided to do a podcast um, on healing, but also how to support someone who's going through abuse. Uh, Because as you all know, a lot of times these things overlap. So it's not like, okay, well, here's this one piece. You know, uh, they all overlap. So with that being said, I think it's cool to start with kind of your journey to healing, but just talking about what, what that healing looks like and then lead into the story about your parents' neighbor okay, and how to help someone. So um, I thought that was, what was really interesting is we were catching up before we started recording and Lara had shared that she could move to Mars and still feel, have those feelings about her soon to be ex abusive partner. So I think, I just thought that was interesting that you said that because there's a lot of truth. It's like, you can run anywhere, but you're still going to have, you're still going to have those emotions come up that are completely normal and part of the grieving process and the healing process. So not to worry if you're, you know, find yourself like, I just want to be in another place to focus on me. And if those things come up, don't be disappointed because it's not weird or abnormal. Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because I feel like um, there was a couple people, actually, before I moved from our town that we both lived in um, that were like, I don't think you should move. You know, you need to figure out your healing from here and not run away. And I was like, I mean, I'm not moving to run away. I was just moving because I wanted to change scenery. And my, my kids are both up in this area that I live in now. And I just want to be near my kids, but 
you know, it was really like, I realized, you know, there was definitely a part of me that thought, okay, cool. When I, when I do like move to a new place, I think it might help to not have like memories of my, you know, abuser, um, you know, every corner that I turn that, you know, so I was surprised when I got up here, um, to where I am now that I definitely just noticed I still have like a sense of sadness and I just realized it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, like I think once the dust settled from the move and I got everything unpacked and put away and I was like, Oh my God, look at, I love where I live. It's so beautiful. I can't believe I'm here. And then I just kind of realized like beneath it all, there's like still this feeling of sadness that was never present with me prior to my husband, ex-husband. And so it was very like, wow. Yeah. I could like move to, I could go float in outer space. It doesn't matter. I I could go to the ends of the earth. I could go to freaking Africa and this sadness is just lives in me now. And it's just always going to be with me and it's always going to be a part of me. And that was really like a holy shit moment. That was like a very like, oh my God, like this has changed me. And that I have to admit, like that was kind of shocking to feel that and to just like cry. It was just like, wow. And so I, I just have to remember. And if anyone's going through that too, it doesn't matter how far away we get from our person. Like it just time heals all wounds. That's what I have to keep reminding myself. Like I've literally gone as far away in the country as I can get from my ex-husband. And I still think of him or have flashbacks or, have this sadness that just lives in me and I just it's just the way it is I feel like you were surprised by it and yeah you know like oh wow this happened and I have some thoughts on what you said are you done mm-hmm. so I don't wanna, okay like I think you can do it locally or move I think either there's no like right answer yeah. because it's fine like it's your freaking path it's your you get to grieve however you want. And if people are like, don't run away, it's like, don't, don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> run away if I want. Yeah. Did you ever that song from Bon Jovi? Ooh, she's a little runaway. There's a reason that song is around. <laughs> but anyways, I think <laughs> I was going to say too, it makes a lot of sense that once you unpacked and settled in, then the feelings came out because you're safe. Mm-hmm to feel those things and you don't have this lingering thing you know you're just like oh yeah I can breathe wow and so now those make so much sense that the emotions are now able to flow in a way you've never felt before yeah it's really interesting I often think about what you've told me that like grief and the process of grief and healing is not linear and that's always been really helpful because I remember um, you know, it just helps me remember like, okay, today's a day where for whatever reason, I'm just really feeling that heaviness and that sadness. And I need to like, look through my ick list, or I need to like, you know, watch the the Dr. Romani videos or whatever. And then I have other days where I'm like, I'm so grateful and like overwhelmed with gratitude that like I am, am good and I'm free. And you know, I just think 
it just it did surprise me though i did i don't think i think i kind of maybe not like fool i don't say i'm like a fool like not foolishly but like i kind of in a way thought cool i'll go to this new place and i'm just going to be so busy like meeting people and learning my way around and figuring things out that it'll like kind of like distract me and like instead it feels like very like cozy and healing but it's like very like like wow like that sadness it's just still with me because it's just in me now it's not a geographical I don't know it's not it's not a geographical problem it's like it's like a it's like a when you're abused it's like a it's like changes your psyche and your soul and your heart and so it's just a reminder that that's always going to be with us. I, I don't know. It kind of made me think too. But also like, I think, sorry to interrupt. I oh, just thought about, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. And I know because, you know, it's like, why can't I just get over this? Why can't I just get over this? And it's like, right. yeah, I agree. Like I, I used to hate it when people, and I'm sure I've said this before. I've said a lot of things. I will continue to say a lot of the same things. But um, as far as like, being able to heal there's a lot of we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have to get over it you know get over it but that's like that's not encouraging to hear like i really need to get over this yeah you know what i need to get through it yeah and oh i like that it's like yeah and it's like but it you know it's also painful it is i have said this so many times too and i'm going to stop saying that okay i'm fine um but <laughs> I swear going through chemotherapy was not as painful as being hurt by, by someone who's abusive. Yeah. And I, and just even a heartbreak with a non-abusive partner, it is, it's painful and it hurts and it hurts physically and it hurts emotionally, mentally, all of those yeah. things. And like, we don't want to feel that we don't give our, we don't often give ourselves permission to to, to feel those things or allow ourselves to. And I think that can have happen for a multitude of reasons that we, you know, again, there's the pressure we put on ourselves to get over it. I'm doing quote fingers. Um, but also the fact that we don't, you know, allow ourselves to do that because we're so hard on ourselves about what the healing process should look like. Like I need to keep healing my wound before I just invite somebody else in. And so that's been like another Or maybe thing. like I'm going to continue to heal my wounds yes. instead of I need to keep. And I'm trying to not like telling you what to do, but like I'm trying to train myself in that way. I'm trying to untrain myself is yeah. a better way of saying it. Yeah. Because it's like, God, I get so aggravated with myself for having normal like normal human feelings i'm like god mm -hmm. why do you feel jealous god what's wrong with you right. god why do you feel good that somebody said you're funny at the show god, it's like oh why can't i just wow. well somebody complimented me that's really nice but if i like it if i like a compliment or like being validated then i feel like shit about it isn't no, that amazing really how we we can talk to ourselves so mean like <laughs> I was literally having this conversation with Krista yesterday because we were talking about um, Krista, who you guys, all listeners, she was on Unbound Women Part 2. Go listen to that episode if you haven't already. But she, we were talking about, like, the mindset of, like, like, let's say that you're like, I want to go to the North Pole. And then you look at your – so it's like my words are like, I want to go to the North Pole. 
but like my actions in my life and how I behave and what I do and who I surround myself with and the thoughts that I think and even the thoughts that I think towards myself, if you unpack those, like I'm fucking packed for going to like Georgia. So I'm like, like what I do inside in my inner world is like not going to get me to the North Pole because I'm like, you know, I'm like packing the shorts and the tank tops, right? But I'm like, well, I want to go this, I want to go to the North Pole. Like, and it's really interesting to go, wait a second, I need to, I need to unpack the wrong things and like repack for the direction that I want to go. Oh, fuck. Mm. That was really good. Like, that's like, we were talking about that yesterday and it was like, whoa. And so I think that's helped too. going, okay, if I'm healing, uh, what I've always done before is like, oh, I'm, I'm healing. I feel better. I left this relationship. So now I'm going to jump into another relationship and whatever. And that's fine. Zero judgment. I've spent my whole life doing that, but I've just noticed for the first time in my life that I'm like going, Hmm, like I do want another relationship because I do believe I've never had a healthy relationship and I'd really like to experience a healthy, fulfilling relationship. But I need to unpack the wrong things and keep packing the right things to keep going in the direction that I want. And that's just part of the healing process. So it was just noticing that sadness was just part of, it was like, wow, that was just, it's just interesting to notice what we do as we're healing. And, you know, I wanted to mention something else that was like, um, so I was, I was at my parents' house before we did this. My mom and I did this four day drive to my new state and um, my parents, they're, they're well off and, you know, retired and they live in this really nice area of um, where we used to live, where it's like kind of known for being like the wealthy area and, they live in a gated community and like a million dollar home on a golf course. Um, and so when the night before my mom and I went out on our drive, um, you know, I had left our city, drove to their city, spent the night. And then the plan was like, okay, in the morning we'll pack up the car and leave. So I just got there and I like was walking around to take wait, the, wait, huh? wait, before you go into that, can you talk a little bit about something like what her neighbors are like or like people you've met? Yeah. I mean, it's like a very stereotypical, like, um, rich white person. But you met that couple that yeah. was like, he was very charming. Can you tell us a little bit about Yeah. That? So the people that live next to them are like, I've met them before. They're like, um, just like a normal uh, American dream family. Like both have good jobs. They make a lot of money. Obviously they live in like a million dollar plus home in this lovely area on a golf course. They have like, they have the dream, right? They have the good jobs. They're both attractive and you know, what, like, what was you, what did you think when you met him? Oh, super nice. Like I thought that he, he, they were both super nice. Like they were like playing off each other, you know, when they were talking and he was like, you know, super like charming and nice. And she, like their kids are like clean and like not, and they were like, just like that. Wow. What a nice family. 
Like I just thought, you know, I mean, you know, it's like you, dirty children. Yeah, you trust me. You meet people where you're like, wow, your kid's dirty. Like, no, clean cut kids with cute oh, little kids being a kid. Yeah, and they were just like, you know, when I met them, they they were like on the golf course walking, and the kids that were on their bikes and like super nice, and they were like, oh, we're kind of familiar with the area you're moving. Shit, yeah. Yeah, just like they have like the Land Rover and the Mercedes and like just super, super like nice and like um but I remember thinking like wow, like I literally like almost had like a glimmer when I met them, like of like I wish I could have given that life to my kids. Like, you know, I remember thinking that, like, you know, because it was like I, I was always kind of like in bad relationships and struggling to keep our head above financial water and and yeah so anyway fast forward to I'm at my mom's the night before we're gonna make our big cross-country drive and I have to take the puppy out to go potty and I'm like going to the garbage can behind the garage and I hear this guy who's their neighbor who I'd met in the golf course like screaming like not not like yelling because you're mad in the moment like raging rage like like he probably didn't have a voice for like two days after screaming obscenities at I'm assuming his what wife what was he saying like f you I have to say you he was like fuck you I fucking I mean they were inside and I could hear them in my parents yard next door him. And I don't mean to be pushy, like say it. I I just think the words are important to hear because it's powerful about yeah. Yeah. how people who are abusive talk to oh people, the people they're abusing. You know, my dad. Yeah, my dad has literally used to say when I would tell him things that my second ex-husband would say to me and my dad would be like, God, he's so aggressive with his language. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly people who are abusive are like garbage mouth. They are so aggressive with the words they choose to speak at you. Like, and and this guy wasn't, and he wasn't just like, you know, fuck you. Like he was like, fuck you. Like I fucking hate you. And like, but it scared me so bad. So this kind of ties into like healing, right? And like healing's not linear. It triggered in me from my first husband. And I like hit the deck. I literally like jumped behind the bushes. My heart was like, pounding and I thought of all the times my first and second husband had raged at me was screaming and using that you know shitty language and I literally was like I had this moment where I was like oh my gosh oh fuck like what if he comes out because I heard the front door like slam and I'm like oh my god what if he knows that I heard and now he's gonna like do something to me because I'm like, he's going to think I'm spying on them, but I'm not. I was just like putting the dog poop out. Like I was literally had this moment of panic where I was literally crouched behind the bushes. And I was like, my breathing was like really shallow. And I was just like, like I, so I go and I'm like, okay, get yourself together. You're fine. I go inside. My parents are clearly like, you know, can tell I'm like visibly shaken up. And I'm like, your guys' neighbor is abusive. Like, your neighbor is like, and my mom actually admitted she's heard him screaming at their kids, like out of control. My mom's like not regular yelling, like out of control screaming. And I was like, mom, next time you hear that person screaming, like you need to, and my, but the thing is, is my parents were like almost in disbelief. They were just like, my dad was like, what? Like, 
him? Like, they're so nice. We see them on the golf course all the time. Like, what? He, he's so sweet, and she's the sweetest. And I'm like, yeah, well, he's not that sweet because he's screaming at the top of his lungs, like, fuck you, you fucking hates her. He's going to fuck her up, like, all this stuff, like, scary, scary stuff. Like, you guys need to – I said, Mom, you need to go over and tell her. And my mom's like, I can't do that because I don't want her to feel embarrassed. And, and Well, and, and, and before you continue, I just wanted to throw in there about, like, the – perception because this is the you know the people already probably already put the pieces together but this is the couple that she described earlier who Mm -hmm. she met and you were talking about you know just how really really nice she was and how they were playing off each other so what I think about when I when I hear that is wow think about how charming he is think about the fact that he can control it because in that moment you don't think he's abusive he's the most charming guy and he's amazing and you know he's you know he can control it obviously but then I think about her and like how strong she has to be to continue to keep that base and that dynamic that is hard yep and and that takes a lot of strength and I also think about when you were reacting how I like not that you went through this, but I like how you described the body feelings mm-hmm. because we have so many physical reactions and body feelings that we're not always aware of that is normal or like we think something's wrong with us or why is this happening? And it's your body reacting, yeah. you know, it's, you're not crazy. Uh, you know, we'll say that probably a million times every episode mm-hmm. and, you know, you might be having a, a panic attack you might be having an anxiety attack because again i've heard people describe this to me i don't know what's wrong with me this is what happened yeah. it's like well you you were triggered and you're having physical reactions so the way you were just describing like your body in the process yeah. so i just wanted to throw that in there and then leading into how you were talking to your mom and saying you know you need to go over there and you know i have some thoughts just on that wording um, but yeah, not just a different perspective, but go ahead and yeah, what happened from there? And then I'll go into what I was going to, I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I really like how you said like the body thing. Cause I will say like, I mean, I have been away from somebody screaming at me for over a year now and it like really true. Just hearing somebody. Cause like, like, I like how you said it's a choice. Like, you know, my, soon to be ex-husband like he my second ex-husband he would literally go into a rage at me and what he would do is he would like pause and calm down and close the doors and the windows in the house because like he knew he was going to get loud and he wanted to prevent people from hearing and so it was like it's absolutely a choice. Like the fact that he would go like, I know I'm about to do this. So I'm going to close the doors and the windows so that nobody hears. He'd say, well, I don't want the neighbors to hear, you know, yeah. gonna... and it's like, then just don't rage at me, you know? It's like so premeditated. You know, it's premeditated. Yeah, exactly. And it was like interesting that no one's, you know, since I've left and I've been on this like incredible healing journey, like I haven't had anyone yell at me in a long time now. And So it was interesting to me that my body responded. It was like PTSD. My body heard that and my body was immediately just like, 
boom, hit the deck, hide behind the bushes, heart in your throat, you know, stomach tight, mouth is dry, breathing is shallow, super tense. Like I'm like, like the fucking mountain lions about to jump on my back. Like it's really interesting how like, so just even like talking about healing, like it's, that might be something that's with you for a lifetime if you've been abused, you know? And, just, and, it's, and like, it's okay too. If it yeah. is, I mean, it's shitty that it is that way, but that way when we are triggered, we don't have to be hard on ourselves or like, Oh, I can't believe I'm not over this. Or yeah. I can't believe, you know, I was affected by that and let that person have that control over me. It's like, no, that's normal. Yep. It gets more manageable as the time goes on. Yep. And we identify it when we're paying attention to our bodies. So that's the good thing yeah. is that we know where it comes from and we don't have to beat ourselves up about it. Yep, exactly. And that was like, you know, and then going back to like what you said, like the conversation with my parents and they were just like, you know, just in shock, like that guy. But then it was interesting because then my mom admitted, well, I've heard him screaming and it was like out of control. And so that's when I said, you know, mom, like me, and, and I don't know the answer to this. I just know there were many times that I wish, especially when my, like my first husband would get physically violent or my second husband was like raging. I wished that somebody would have knocked on the fucking door and been like, what's going on over here? And it's a hard balance though, because I've also had somebody try to intervene with my first husband and it made it worse. Like I remember thinking, Oh my God, this lady just needs I was to just thinking that. Yeah. Like there was one particular time. I won't tell the whole story cause it's long, but there was one particular time my first husband and I went to this lake and we had this big fight and like we stopped at the corner store and he was clearly being like abusive. I asked him for money for a drink and he like threw it on the ground in the store and the woman at the store basically like told him off she was like I don't know what who you think you are like treating your lady like this in my store but blah 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 blah. and I was thinking like oh my god she thinks she's helping me but she's actually going to make things worse which she did because then we left the store and I got he blamed you he blamed me I got he took his shoe off and as I was driving was like hitting my arm with his shoe it's like split my arms and my arms bleeding it's like numb. I'm like crying. Then we pull over. He gets out of the car. He burned me with a cigarette. He was punching holes and like punching dents on the side of the Jeep. He was just out of, it was like a wild animal. He was out of control. This lady called the U S marshals on us. So the U S marshals, he spit on me. Like the U S the U S marshals roll up and they didn't do anything. They basically just said, you need to let him go cool off. It was a nightmare and it was like it had escalated tenfold because this woman said something but then I had other moments where I thought I wish somebody would call the police or help me and so it's like so my mom was saying I want to back up just a second yeah you need to let him go cool off yeah it was nobody nobody's ever helped me yeah, they literally Fuck told you. me, let him. I need to let him go. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just, I need to go for a second. I need to let him go cool <laughs> off. Yeah. Really? How about, no. How about you listen and think this, why do I Yeah, how about you look at my go? arm? How about he needs to stop making mm-hmm. the choice to be a fucking abuser? Yeah. Interesting, going back to my mom's neighbor, it was interesting because I had the same physical reaction that I had had with my first husband and my second husband was that same physical reaction I had when I heard him yelling at her, the neighbors. It was like my body went back to what it had done before. 
in, in, in this like conditioned response of fear and like survival. It was really interesting. So talking about healing. That, you actually, that's the definition of triggered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And I go back to people are like making fun of the word trigger. Fuck you. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not, mm -hmm. we don't just throw trigger around like, oh, I'm triggered because. I'm so triggered right now. He was yelling. Uh, uh, right. Uh, right. No, <laughs> is a real thing. It is. A real thing. Yeah. Yep. Like, exactly like you said. You don't know what a trigger is because I didn't. Is it's when, just like what Laura had described, is feeling like you're back in a moment of trauma. Mm -hmm. Feeling like you're back in a situation that you've been in in the past with your abuser mm -hmm. and you know, it's breaking. And so that's why, you know, there's so many different exercises for those moments, such as using your senses, right? Like identifying what are three things you hear? What are three things you see? What are three things you feel? Because you're trying to bring yourself back in the moment. Oh, that's interesting. So I never even knew that. I just, Honestly, it was just really, it was it's hard in the moment. It was really interesting for me to be like, wow, it's been a long time. Like it's been a while now since I've left and since I've not had somebody raging at me or screaming at me or manipulating me or whatever. And my body was just like, well, I, I know what this means. I'm hitting the deck. I'm going to make sure that I'm safe right now. So I mm -hmm. thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and, and then, you know, I did tell my mom, I said, I don't, I actually said like, wait, wait, did you get highlights in your hair? Uh, I got highlights in my Kayla. Oops. I'll delete. It looks, your hair looks really pretty. Oh, thank your you. Hair looks really pretty. Okay. Sorry, y'all, but she has these really beautiful. Anywho. Um, Kayla did my hair like a month before I left and put a couple highlights in there for me. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, yeah, she's really good. At when it. I fly back to our city in October, I'm going to have her touch it up again. <laughs> but yeah, she did mine and I loved it. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. awesome. But um, if we're like, if you know, you know, if you're if you if you're listening to this and you know, you know, but otherwise, we're not going to say any more details about that. But yeah, when when I um, when when, you know, I was telling my mom, maybe you can go over and tell this woman like my, you have to like, maybe just tell her like, you know, hey, like I did hear your husband yelling at you the other night and there's no judgment at all. People how you know, but if you ever need anything, you know, we're a safe space for you. But my but my mom and dad were like, well, what if that makes it worse? What if that makes her feel embarrassed? What if she and I'm like, I don't know. When I had my first husband raging on me, I had a neighbor, my friend Dave, and I hope Dave listens. I will send this podcast to Dave. Dave came over one day and just said, I know what's going on in your house and I am here for you. And if you need somebody to defend you, if you need somebody to have your back, I am there for you. And I denied it. Of course, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Dave. Like, I don't like everything's fine over here. And he was like, you're full of it. I have heard what happens over here. And I, and, and you know what, there was one time that I did reach out and call him and he did have my back. And so, I mean, it's it's you will have better awareness because I don't know what the. We should also. I want to hop in real quick. We should yeah. have to, you know. No, not we should. I apologize. <laughs> I think it's time to change the dynamic 
of feeling ashamed around reaching out for help and feeling ashamed for Mm -hmm. someone else's actions and choices. Yeah. You know, because there's legitimacy to those feelings, but our culture, we, you know, it's important that we shift that, that, um, way of looking at ourselves because I, you know, I go back to like, we didn't know, most of us don't know they're abusive in the beginning. Right. And even if they were, it's still not okay. And it's still a choice. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just wanted to point that out. And I think too, it is a delicate process. It is hard because you can make it worse. And that's the last thing we want to do. We think we're helping. Mm-hmm. We think we're coming from a good place before, and I know what that feels like. Yeah. So if you ever need to talk I'm here and if not there's this really awesome hotline you can call for people that are having trauma or people that are like experiencing things that you know I'm trying to let me think about this okay you could say there's a hotline and for people that are struggling in, in a relationship where their partner is being abusive if you don't feel comfortable saying abusive i'm trying to think of alternatives right because i think it's a very intuitive thing if you say abuse that could really turn someone off because they might not always realize it's abusive but just like i'm concerned for your safety and maybe i shouldn't be yeah but i feel like as you know as your neighbor as your friend as your sister that there are people that are out there that can help there's a number. If you don't feel comfortable talking to me, I totally get it. I won't even bring it up ever again, but here's this number you can call if you do feel like you need to talk to someone who's not going to tell you how to do it, what it should look like, what you need to do, because that is the most disempowering thing to have to deal with after being with someone who's so controlling. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good because that, that was kind of my mom's question was like, you know, my mom and dad, like I said, like, it was really interesting how they were both shocked. They were both shocked. Like, what? Our neighbor? Someone in our neighborhood? Like, I still get shocked. Like, if I had a friend that I thought was a good friend in school and find out they're abusive, I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like, they literally, like, my parents were literally like, you know, and again, like, my parents are wonderful people, but it's like, we have this stigma of, oh, this doesn't happen in wealthy white neighborhoods. This doesn't happen in rich neighborhoods. This doesn't happen when you see the neighbors on the golf course smiling and they're nice and they're friendly. Like you don't realize that it can happen to anyone, any race, any gender, any couple type, any wealth level or poverty level. It's not just something that happens in like poor homes or poverty neighborhoods or like Like, this is, like, one of the cream of the crop neighborhoods in, like, that they live in. And it was, like, they were shocked. And, and like, literally my dad was. Like, a certain kind of person that deserves it or asks for it. Or, like, dresses a certain way or some, like, trashy person. You're, like, no, this guy is, like, a financial. shitty the cops were. And think about people of color and how shitty they are getting treated by the police. Yeah. And so that's pretty intense to know that. As a white woman, you know, you can't get the help you need from a police officer. But as, you know, per, let's say a woman of color, you won't even call the fucking police most likely. I don't know. I'm not a woman of color, but I can see 
you know, from what I've observed around racism, what I've learned is that it's not a safe option. Well, it's like, remember anyone who's listening, you know, go back to, I think it's, I want to say episode eight or something right before where we had Cozy on. And she was talking about how when she was working at the domestic violence center that like, like women of color would come in and they'd say, it's not safe for me to call the police on my husband, you know? Yeah. Thanks for yeah, it's it's actually that's a such a good episode. I think that's one of my favorite episodes we did um, with the one that we did with Cozy was because it was like season one. I, I can't remember the episode number, but it says her name in it. Um, so, yeah, go back and give it a listen. But it's 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 really true because I, I, I was really surprised even my dad's reaction. My dad was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure he was yelling that bad? And I'm like, um, I love your suggestion of just like, how can you? You have to, anyone who's listening who maybe suspects someone's being abused, like you have to read the room, man. Like you can't just, you can't be. Hop in and try to save Right, because just like that happened, right. Because like when that happened to me, it made it worse. But you also, I think, in my opinion, you need to, You we have a responsibility to take care of our community. And like we have a responsibility to say like, hey, this might not be really comfortable right now, but I heard this and I just want to let you know, like, if you ever need to talk, I'm here. And then at least that person knows, like, I have a safe person I can go to. Like you, Michelle, like you were kind of my safe person with like our abusive partner because you would always check in with me. Like throughout the eight years I was with this person, you know, you'd send me a message on Facebook or on text. And I always knew like, you would always kind of, hey, how's things going? And I'd, and I'd be like, oh, good. Everything's fine. And you'd, okay, well, I'm always here if you want to talk. And you know what you were, aside from Krista, you were the first person that I said, things are not good. I, things are really bad right now. Because I knew really you were. honored that you felt okay. Yeah. I yeah. knew you were a safe person. I knew, I was like, I know <laughs> that Michelle is a safe person. And so if anyone's listening to this, there's like two parts to our podcast today. I think the first part is to just recognize like, guess what? You've been abused. You're going to have PTSD and it's okay. You're going to have those triggers. You're going to have those feelings come up. It's okay. It's okay. You are safe yeah. now and it's okay. Your body's just going to, your body, your nervous system is going to just do that to protect you and it's okay. Two is like healing takes time healing Absolutely. you could move to Tahiti and you would still have that work that you need to now do in yourself I read a I read a quote not too long ago that said something along the lines of um you didn't deserve to be abused or hurt but now it is your responsibility to heal yourself so it is your responsibility to heal yourself give yourself time it's going to take time whether you're stay in the same place or move somewhere else, just give yourself time before you jump into too many other things. Be gentle with yourself. And then three, if you hear or suspect that somebody in your life is being abused or yelled at, or you hear something that's uncomfortable, like just be a friend, read, you know, just privately tell this person, Hey, like, just letting you know, I'm always here. If you want to talk. I think about, certain assumptions that we make about situations and just how I really try to, like you said, read the room to know how to navigate that, you know, whether I feel like using the word abuse is safe to mm -hmm. say or comfortable to say. So that's why I sounded so like, uh, 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 cause it's, <laughs> it's situational, you know, it's yeah. hard to say, this is exactly what you need to do. 
with this person in this moment. Yeah. What I what I do, I do think are critical things we can do is not judge. That's mm-hmm. one of the most critical things we can do. Not judge and not tell them what they need to do. Yeah. And I think about, you know, when I was in a space where I didn't have understanding of abuse, if I was to try to help, I felt so righteous. You know, I'm like, ha, I helped someone today. And had like, yeah, like, look at me, I'm a hero. (laughs) If they don't take the help, there's something wrong with them. That's not how it is. Right. That's not how it is. And I just think that it's, it's, it's a tricky situation. And so again, reading the room and reading the situation and trying to find what approach you feel will be most comfortable from a place of non-judgment, I think is, is really, really huge. But I think it's a really important conversation to, to have to say, how do you intervene? Like, how do you step in? Like, it, when is it appropriate? So, yeah, I'd love to hear listener feedback about that, too. Um, so, as, as, as always, you guys can email us at thewaywardwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Um, reach out on Instagram too. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this topic and about just healing in general. And um, we're entering into a whole new season of Wayward Women. So season two. And really, really excited because um, I'm going to just build the beans now that Michelle and I are actually um, in the next, we aim in the next month or so to have our website up and running. And We'll be posting the podcast on our website. We'll be um, offering at some point some counseling, which we've talked about for a while. Um, I know, so we're starting uh, an international trauma recovery coaching certification in the fall. Um, and we will, and Michelle already is a coach and a um, she has her master's degree in social work and mental health. So um, in, before the end of the year, I think we're going to be able to start actually offering coaching Um, and, 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 and if anyone's listening and wants to say, wants to work on a deeper level on like, you know, working through, um, all the things we are going to be talking about that more and more, um, coming up. So I just wanted to share that and yeah, um, as always, we're just so grateful for your listenership and Michelle can go ahead and share the, um, domestic violence hotline number. Awesome. I just wanted to thank you for mentioning that. I'm very, very excited about this new chapter and um, moving forward with all of that. I I just want to share a couple of funny things. First of all, you know, the the ADD on me, I'm already like getting ready to order pho, but I was starting to Google for the number. And I was like, who am I kidding? I have this programmed in my phone. What am I doing? Then... The other part is I went to the National Domestic Violence Hotline to get the number, and I kept pushing this red, like I saw this X in a red square, and I would press it, and then it would go away. Like, damn it! And I'd press it and go away, and I realized it's the fast get out of here (laughs) that they have on their website. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, and your abusive partner walks in, you can just press it real quick, and it disappears. Yep. Took me two times to figure that out. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You're like, what's happening with their website? No, it is a really good feature. Because if you're looking up something and somebody walks up behind you, yeah, you can exit out really quick. But you still have to clear your history because it doesn't erase out of your history. 
Yes, thank you for saying that because internet safety is, is very mm -hmm. um, important and always evolving. Okay, so just a shout out to, to uh, my friend Steph. She's a big supporter of this podcast and she always lets me know and I'm so grateful for that. So the number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE and that's 1-800-799-7233 or you can text the word START in capital letters to 88788 and talk via text. Yeah, thank you for listening. And thank you for uh, listening. Really Please support give, everyone. Yeah, give us a share. Give us a listen. Even if you're not experiencing abuse, the more you share or give us a good rating on whatever uh, the more format. you share, the more you care. Yes, exactly. And the more you get us out there, the more awareness we can build around um, just the conversation about domestic violence and what it looks like and the healing process and that you are not crazy and you are not alone.